welcome everyone uh, to New Philly Seaside. Uh, today is the fourth Sunday of Women's Ministry Month. And so here at Seaside in Busan, as well as the two campuses in Seoul, is women preachers every Sunday. And so we have a very special treat today. Uh, Sarah Boyle is one of the original church plant team members uh, who came to Busan in the beginning of 2012. And before that, she was a faithful disciple of mine. And uh, one thing that I really admire about Sarah is her deep intimacy with the Lord. And so I really believe that it's going to be a powerful word today to really uh, touch you guys. So I invite you guys to open up your hearts. Uh, be hungry for what Sarah has to say today that God can really encounter you. And so let's put our hands together for Sarah Boyle. God's presence is in this place today. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to give you just a little background information first uh, about my involvement with New Philadelphia Church. I first attended the Hillside campus in October of 2009. And as I've been reflecting these like past three, four years I've been here, I'm amazed to see the work that God has been doing in me and in the lives around me. I've never experienced so much growth spiritually. I've been healed from past hurts, and I've gone deeper in relationships. And I'm stepping into the calling that God has planned for my life. Um, me standing in, in front of you today is actually a testimony of God's amazing, transforming work in my life. As I've never imagined speaking publicly and um, like preaching on a Sunday. And so... I'm going to, let's open it up in prayer first before I share the word today. God, we come before you this day together to know you more. We praise you and exalt you for who you are. I ask, Lord, as we open your word, that would speak straight to our hearts. Holy Spirit, reveal hidden things. May your word read, read us and empower us so we may actively walk out your plan for our lives. Anoint my mouth so I may speak clearly and boldly all that you have for us today. And I remove all distractions, anything that would block our understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. God has a mighty word for you today. If you believe this, say amen. amen. So I'm very excited <laughs> to give this word today as uh, something that God has been really um, like walking me through throughout my life. It's a key that, that is necessary for our spiritual growth. And if you can grab a hold of it, you'll be able to live out a victorious life. So everyone, please turn with me to Proverbs 3. Uh, Proverbs is a book written by King Solomon. Unlike his father, King David, who lived during a time of war, uh, under Solomon, there is peace, and the Israelites prospered. They lived in abundance, and other nations brought wealth to them. Solomon loved and followed the ways of the Lord. When God told him he could ask for him for anything, and he would give it to him, Solomon asked for wisdom. Solomon must have been a man who followed the, the Lord to ask for that, to ask for wisdom. So before we look at Proverbs, I'm going to read to you, 1 Kings 4, 29 to 34. 
And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand on the seashore. So that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan, the Ezrahite, and Heman, Calcol, and Darder, the sons of Mahal. And his fame was in all the surrounding nations. He also spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees from the cedar that is in Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts and of birds and of reptiles and of fish. And the people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. God gave him uh, abundance of wisdom. Don't you agree that, that the words Solomon spoke and wrote have a lot of weight to it? Here it says that, because of this wisdom, he became famous. It spread throughout all the nations, and nations sought to hear this wisdom. Um, people didn't just seek it during his lifetime. We look at it today as we go to God's word. We hear, we hear, or we read the words that he wrote. God had purposed Solomon's Proverbs to become a portion of scripture, so we are able to read it now. And this, this wisdom didn't come from himself, but it came from God. It is God who gave this wisdom and understanding. So let us be wise and become wiser still by not only reading these words, but also letting them take root in our lives so we may be able to live out a victorious life. So let's look at Proverbs now. Proverbs 3, and we're going to be reading verse 5 and 6. So if you have the ESV translation... Please read along with me. Okay, ready, go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And I'm going to read this one more time, but this time I just want you to listen. Okay, as you read it before, just listen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So it is a very straightforward, clear word today. The word here today is to trust. And trust in who? Trust in the Lord. Um, I know we've, we've heard this many times, especially if you go in the, in, up in the church. The Bible talks about, about it a lot, to trust in the Lord. Um, it's it's a word that we know a lot in our minds, but as we live it out, it, we can't always live it out the same way that we, we think it. So I believe that God wants us to take us deeper in this truth so we may walk in it fully. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So trust. I looked up the Hebrew word, and it is batak, with the hard case <laughs> at the end. And it means uh, to Trust, to set one's hope and confidence upon, to be bold, to be secure. So be confident in the Lord. Be bold in the Lord. Be secure in the Lord. And do it with all your heart. I know when I'm doing something with my whole heart and when I'm not. So when it's with my whole heart, I've surrendered it. I've completely let it go. I've trusted it into God's hands. I've given it to him. It's an act of faith. Even without understanding, it's an act of faith. 
Whereas when I do something half-heartedly, it's like, yes, I will, but I'm still holding on to it at the same time. You haven't let it completely go. The following words in verse 5 says, Do not lean on your own understanding. God's ways are upright and pure, straight, whereas our own understanding, it can be mixed in with other things. So it can be mixed in with what we want, our own interests, what other people think, and our circumstances. Our understanding changes, unlike God's. God remains the same forever. So I don't, I don't want to lean on something that changes. Because if I do, I'm, go- I'm going to fall if I lean on what I under- only what I under- understand. So when we say we trust God, yet it makes like, our worldly reasoning, our, our mind, our understanding with it, it clouds our vision. We can't see clearly. When you are relying on your own understanding, you're, putting, you're saying that, oh, Lord, I know more than you. Right? God, God knows he is all-knowing. He knows better than us. Thus, let's make God Lord of our life in all areas of our life. So the best thing for us to do is to fully, fully trust the Lord. The following verse, verse 6 says, Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make straight your paths. In everything we do, we need to recognize God in it. Acknowledge God, looking to him, putting him first, and letting him lead and guide us in our decisions, whatever it may be. It is putting him first rather than what we think may be right. So, and when we do this, we will make our path straight. It is God who does this. He is, he is moving on our behalf, even when we cannot understand or see it. So if you imagine, like, walking along this beautiful beach that we have here, Guanganli Beach, or running there as... I'm a runner, so sometimes I talk about running because I like to run. Um, so I've done this a number of times, just running a, a, um, alongside the beach. And so this one time, after work, I came home and I decided to run. But everybody else decided to be there at the same time, so it's very crowded. Okay, So imagine like walking or running there, but like people are in the way. Um, like they're walking like to and fro, their dogs running around, there's other obstacles getting in the way. So because of this, right, I had to like weave in and out. I would have to slow down. Sometimes I would have to like stop if there are too many people right there. Um, and it's, it slows you down a lot. So uh, for those who have an iPhone, there's actually this Nike app that you can download. And actually a lot of new Philippe people have done it. <laughs> And it records, it records, like, how far you've gone, your time, like, your speed. And when I finished running and I looked at it, it was, it was pretty much the slowest I've, overall, the speed was the slowest I've run so far, just because of all the obstacles in the way. So without, without all these people, without these things, my, my path would have been straight, and it would have been much easier and faster, right? So in the same way, in our own lives, we have these things that are in the way. We have obstacles. They can be lies, distractions, selfish desires, and fears. They will slow us down. If we acknowledge God and put him first, right, he, will, he will remove, it says in his word, he will make our paths straight. He will, he will make it clearer and make our paths straight. 
And it doesn't always mean that our circumstances change it, our changes. It may stay the same, but what has been blocking us from seeing it, seeing the way God sees, um, we'll be able to finally see it clearly as he sees it. And we can run freely ahead. It's much faster, a faster path. So let us bring things before him so he can breathe his life upon it. And he won't make our path straight, but it requires us to follow him and what he asks us to do. Uh, the victorious life is to live like wholehearted trust in every aspect of our lives in the Lord. It is something when we follow him, he will walk us through. Uh, trust is a verb. It's an action word. So on our part, it requires us to act, to move, to do. And how do we do this? I'm going to give you three steps in allowing this trust to go deeper. And the first way is to say yes. Okay. So everyone turn to your neighbor and say yes to your neighbor. Okay. Right. One word, yes. Right. Everybody likes to hear the word yes. Like, will you, will you spend time with me? Yes. Will you buy me a coffee? Yes. And then for the many single people, will you go out with me? Yes. <laughs> okay. And <laughs> I had to say that because there's so many single people. <laughs> um, and the opposite of yes is no. And, <laughs> and we don't like to hear this word that much, right? We don't like to hear this word very much. And since I'm a teacher, right, and that's, this is a place that where I might hear it, which I have. Um, I really don't like it when my students tell me no. Even if it's in a joking manner, like, no, like they say jokingly no. It's, they're like testing me to see if they can cross that line, right? So they know, and I know that they shouldn't say that. And then in my head, I'm like, really? You're gonna, you're really gonna say that to me? Um, and then I, I, depending on the student, I crack them in like a loving manner. Um, and in the same way, God, God doesn't want us to have a no in our hearts, right? It's a no comes from a hardened heart or a fear, a fearful one. It means that we're not truly trusting in the Lord. Uh, he wants us to say yes. And, um, right, that comes from a yielded heart. Um, and the reason why I ask my students to do certain things is it's for their benefit, Right? I want them to grow in a certain area. I want them to get better at it. Um, so there's a purpose in saying yes to God. He wants us to grow in areas in our lives. Right? And yeah, sometimes we, we don't understand what it is, but a lot of the times that will come afterwards, after we go through that test. So saying yes is a, it's a step. It's like an act to God that uh, I'm going to trust you. We are able to do this because we know who God is. We know his character. Uh, his plans for us are a lot better than our plans for ourselves. Right? His ways are perfect. They are right. They are good. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a hope, a future and a hope. God's plans for us are good. He knows the plans that he has for us, but he's going to reveal it in his timing. 
Right? He wants us, he won't reveal it at certain times because he wants us to walk out. He wants to work it out. He wants to work it out in us. So I believe many of the times it's God, it's, he's testing us to see where our heart is. He wants us to turn to him and say yes to him. Um, and he wants us to go from strength to strength, keep moving forward. And this is accomplished in the test. Uh, Psalm 11, 4 through 5 says, The Lord is, his holy, is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. So the Lord says, he will test us. So he will test you. How, but how, how are we going to respond to this test? If by saying yes, it's like a mindset that we're going to be victorious in it. Right? God isn't going to give us, he's not going to give us a test if he doesn't believe that we can't be victorious in it. So it's a, it's a mindset of knowing that we are going to be victorious. We will not be defeated. So our, he doesn't change, right? So, and while our circumstances do. So put our trust in the person, put our trust in God, and we will not be moved. If we put our trust in our circumstances, right, we're going to be moved all the time. We'll be up and down all the time. Things always are changing about us. So right now I want everyone to turn to John 21. And we're going to be looking at verse 18 through 23. Okay, so if you get there, just look up so I know that you are there. So John 21, 18 to 23. Okay. So this was, this was, this is after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus appeared to the disciples as they were fishing. And this is when Jesus was speaking to Simon Peter. It is right after Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. And Peter responded with, yes, you know I love you. So I'm going to just read it to you. Just follow along. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, and the one who had been reclining at the table close to him, and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die. But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? So Jesus is pretty much telling him, telling Peter, Peter, you're going to die for me. Okay, God had, um, so God has purpose, right? Something for each and every one of our lives. What he may call, like, me to do, he might not call you to do. Or what he calls you to do, he might not, might not call me to do. 
So that's why it's, it's so important and so vital to look to the person, Jesus Christ. Not to look to those around us, not to look at our circumstances. We need to stop comparing ourselves with other, others, but look to see what God is calling us to do right now. Romans 8.28 says, For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Right? If we love God, he's, he's working it. He has a purpose for our lives. So he's working it out for our good. Even if we cannot, wait, sometimes we're not, a lot of times we're not going to be able to see it with our natural eyes, but God is working for your good. He is moving on your behalf. We are not supposed to see as the world does. We need to see through the eyes of the Spirit just to believe and to trust in Him that He is working it out in us. And I've, I've heard it been said before, like, oh, God would never ask me to do that, or he would never let that happen to me. But what if it did? What if that exact thing that you said, what if it, he asked you to do, or it happens to you? It's going to, it's going to turn around what you believe, like God's goodness. It's going to turn around your paradigm completely upside down. So Peter just found out that by following the Lord, he's going to die for him. Can, can you say that he's working it out for your good if in this? Like, despite anything that may come against you, can you trust in the Lord? Are you going to be able to stand in the day of testing? So it's so critical in everything that we bring it to the Lord. Right? We are supposed to go from strength to strength, always moving forward, never staying in the same place where we're at. This is his purpose for you. So brothers and sisters, we need to become experts at saying yes to God. So the second way is to seek his face. It's not a religion or methods that we are following, but the living God. We are following the person, Jesus Christ. So this trust that we have is out of relationship. And as our relationship deepens, uh, so does this trust because we're increasing in our understanding of who God is. As I go deeper with the Lord, I am able to trust him more fully in all aspects of my life. Um, this is something that is cultivated out of relationship and over time. As we continuously go to God, um, we are able to go deeper in this. It's in a daily act that we go to him. So I, I love to read the Psalms. I'm really drawn to it. It's just David, like, declaring who God is. He's singing praise songs to him. He's declaring who he is in the Lord. He's trusting the Lord. Uh, so, he, well, David first, he cultivated this through his relationship with God. Right? As, he, as he was shepherding his father's sheep in the field, he had a lot of time, just him and God. And he sought after the face of God. And this sustained him. Right, throughout his trial, trials that he had to go through later in his life. Uh, let's look at Psalm 18. So I'm going to turn to Psalm 18. And we're going to look at just the first two verses, verses 1 and 2. So there's something that we can learn from David. He should show us what it means to trust in the Lord, to seek his face, to look toward God. Okay, Psalm 18, 1 through 2 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. 
The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Right? The Lord, he finds a strength in the Lord. Right? The Lord is his stronghold. Uh, also, Psalm 125, one says, Those who trust in the Lord are like my, Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Right? As we trust in the Lord, we can't be moved. We're finding our strength in him. So David calls God his shield, his refuge, his stronghold, his rock, his fortress. Right? So wh- what is the purpose of these, like of a fortress? Um, so it's to, right, it's to ha- hide yourself from the enemy, to be protected, it's to be safe. This is where the enemy's swords and arrows cannot reach you. It's a place of safety. It's a place where you're able to see rightly and you can trust in the Lord. So if I, I imagine myself uh, standing in, like inside of a fortress, if you've seen those like ancient like fortresses or castles, just imagine that. And um, so it's like every single side is covered. You're surrounded by these tall walls. And in the walls, there might be like those little tiny windows, right? Um, but nothing's going to be able to get in, right? Even... Um, even through those little windows, maybe if someone's like really, really good, they could like shoot an arrow through that window. But unless you're like standing right there, it's not going to hit you, right? Unless you're putting your way in, in, in the way, it's not going to hit you. So these, these swords, they're, they're far down below. They can't, the enemy can't use it. It, Maybe they could hit the wall, but that's it. They can't really do anything with it. Um, and even the arrows, the enemy can shoot the arrows, but it's just going to hit it and just fall off. It's not going to be able to reach you. Um, and also in this high place, right, in this fortress, you have clearer vision. You can look out of that window and you can see where the enemy is. Right? You, nothing, there's no secrets or anything. They're not sneaking up on you. You can, see, you can see what the enemy is doing. And you can see farther because you're higher up. So all the, all the enemy can do is maybe, like, make noise, right? Like, like pound their, their swords against their shield. But it's just noise. They can, they can try to intimidate you. The enemy can try to uh, make you fearful. But that is it. The enemy can't get to you. So that's what we need to learn to do to go into this, right, into the stronghold, to go to God. And then he is the one who surrounds us. He is our fortress. He won't let the enemy um, hurt us. He won't let the enemy get to us. But we have to find, we have to go to him and find refuge in him, right? Um, we need to stop standing out in that open field where the enemy is just going to run you over. So we need to turn to him. So let's seek his face. The third way is pretty simple, too. It is be thankful. Just as it is a choice to say yes and to seek the Lord, it is a choice to choose thankfulness. By choosing thankfulness, we are saying, oh, Lord, it's not my understanding. It is yours, Lord. You're choosing to see your situation from the Lord's perspective in the spirit. A, cl- a complaining heart would just, it will cut the life flow immediately. If you are seeking God, thankfulness can come very, it comes very easy, easily. 
As King David sought the Lord, he would praise him. It comes from the overflow of knowing who he is and who you are in me. Um, we're going to look at Psalms 33, 1 through 5. Okay. Shout for joy to the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his works work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Right, so right, he deserves our praise. He deserves our honor. Um, he he is righteous and justice. So as we praise him, this thanks, thanksgiving just rises up in our hearts. Um, remember what he has done for you. Remember who he is. And praise the Lord. That is our correct response to him. So it, right, it, it begins with the yes. Right? The key is to abide in him and remain in thankfulness. So how does this look like in your life? How, how does it look like as you go about your day? Right, we, face, we face things all the time, but what is our response? Um, this, actually, this last week, God gave me the opportunity to walk this out and continue to walk it out. Um, so I get to act out what, what God asked me to preach. <laughs> uh, so actually, tomorrow, like, this isn't to complain, but to share, like, what is God is moving. Um, so tomorrow I'm going to be starting, uh, I work, I'm a teacher at a, like, at an academy for elementary students. And then tomorrow I'm actually going to be starting my summer classes. And it's going to be for a month. But I have very long hours. And actually, uh, last year I did the same thing. Uh, and by the end of it, I was just, just really drained and very physically tired. So when I thought about doing these extra classes this summer, I was like, I don't want to do this, God, like dreading it whenever I thought about it. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really have a, like a choice in the matter. And so in my heart, I was like, I can't, I can't come to it th this way with dread in my heart. I can't come to it seeing it this way. So something has to change. And I knew my mind had to be renewed in this area. So I, I just went before the Lord and I laid it at his feet and I said, God, I don't understand why I have to do this. Like, <laughs> um, but I give it to you. Like, I, and there could be a reason. It could be because, like, he wanted me to, like, make this extra money or, like, sow into these students' lives or just to honor my boss. I don't know the reason why, but he just wanted me to bring it before him. Um, so I gave, it, I gave it to the Lord, and I asked him to renew my mind. And I said that, if you want me to do it, right, I'm going to be able to do it. If God wants me to do it, I can do it. Because it's in him that I find my strength. So then God, like, just shifted my mindset in it. And then um, I'm able to say, I thank you, God, for giving this to me. Like, I don't understand the reasons why, but I thank you for this. I thank you. It could just be this test. Like, in this testing, you are making me stronger in it. And I'm being made more into your like likeness. So nothing in my circumstances changed, but the change was in me. Right? That is what God is working for. He wants us to change. Um, and 
Um, later, I found out that, like, I'm teaching the older, the oldest students of these classes, so that means I don't have to like exert myself as much, <laughs> like trying to get them to behave and stuff. And that even one of the books is one that I, I taught last year, so I did all the work for it. So it's gonna help out a lot. So it's just this is just one example of what it could look like, right? But we have many circumstances in our life that, like, we. We don't want to do it as a test as a trial, but how are we going to respond to that? So a lot of the things, a lot of the things that God asks us to do is right or to face is really for our own good, right? Even though it doesn't seem good at the time, it is. He's invested in us for our growth, right? So if we if we know that when we face these tests, we should look at it with like joyfulness, like oh God, you're you're making me stronger in this, like I'm being made in your image because of this. Right? I know you're working out for my good. And yes, it may be difficult, but you're really, you're invested in me. Like you wouldn't let me not take this test. So I could not grow. He wants us to grow. He's seeking um, us to become more like him. Um, so even the song that we were singing earlier by the Hillsong United, the Oceans, Where Feet May Fail, is about trusting God, right? Wherever he may lead you. Um, it's about saying yes to him. So I want you to ask yourself, what has God highlighted to you? What is God highlighting to you in your life right now? What are, what are the areas in your life that you're holding on to? It doesn't, it doesn't matter how big or small it is, but God is asking you to give it to him. Right? Trust in him today. So I'm going to ask us to stand and... Uh, take this time just to respond to God and the word that he has spoken to us. As I was going through this testing, God actually, God gave me two dreams that were really similar. And both of them, both of them were actually about my hair. Um, and hair can symbolize wisdom. Um, in this first dream, I was actually pulling out chunks of my hair in like these random places. And in the other dream, I was, I had a pair of scissors, and I was actually, like, cutting off pieces of my hair. And I'm like, why did I do that in my dream? It looks awful. Why did I do that? Um, I realized that God, God gave these dreams to me as, like, as a warning. Um, he was telling me, don't, don't tear down what you've built up with me. I mean, don't tear your house down. So I took these warnings, and I chose to move forward. And because of that, um, I was able to experience breakthrough in my life. So let's come before him. Just close our eyes right now and come before him to respond to the word that he has for us. God is saying, yes, you can trust me. Believe in me. It's, it just starts with a yes, but I'm, I'm going to take you there, wherever it may be. It doesn't matter how you responded to him in the past, but he's asking you to say yes now. God is asking you to walk with him today in this area. He will not let you fall. So right now I want us to bring this thing before the Lord. 
it's an opportunity to to give it completely to God. Tell him what it is that you're dealing with it. And say, yes, Lord, I choose you wherever you may lead me. I know your plans for me are good. I cannot see it right now, but I believe that you are moving on my behalf. And I cannot do it on my own, but it is in your strength that I rely on. I know that with you and I am able, with you all things are possible. So I choose to trust in you in this area. I surrender it to you. So let us just bring this before the Lord and then just thank him, just declare who he is. Just thank him for who he is. God, we thank you for making us more into your likeness. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you have done today. We thank you for your grace and your transforming love. We praise you and we bless your name. Amen.